WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint, where power and politics collide and the tough questions get asked and answered. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Ben Thompson. Well, it is no secret North Carolina is booming and has been for quite some time. The strong workforce helping grow the economy by more than 3% in the last year. But there is a disparity specifically at the extremes, including the center of our metropolis uptown and then also the rural communities of Alexander County. In a moment, how the small counties continue to struggle following the pandemic. But first, a new competition in Center City hoping to attract new ideas to the heart of Charlotte. Joining us now is James LeVar. He is the Senior Vice President of Economic Development at Charlotte Center City Partners. James, welcome back to Flashpoint. Thanks for coming on. Morning. All right, so first things first, um, give us some context. How much office space is empty right now in Uptown as compared to say like five years ago? Sure, so due to the pandemic, um, as we're coming out of that, many downtowns across the United States are seeing higher than than the normal uh, vacancy rates. And that's the, re the reason why is that we had a change in rhythm of work. When the pandemic initially happened, you you couldn't even go into work. And over the course of the last three years, um, remote work ha has caught on. Then a big section between office centric and remote is hybrid work. And so Uptown um, is doing much better than it was three years ago. It's also doing much better across our peer set. So right now our vacancy rate is hovering around 17 to 21%. Uh, if you look at other downtowns across the country, they have much higher uh, percentage of vacancies. And one of the reasons for that is when we went into the pandemic, Charlotte had a lot of economic development momentum. And that momentum, even though it slowed down during the pandemic, is one is starting to pick back up. And we've had a solid, resilient theme through uh, through the pandemic. So Uptown is in a good place, but we also have some really amazing opportunities of asking that question, what do we do with the amount of vintage office uh, in Uptown? What sort of activities and destinations do we want in Uptown to make it stronger? Uh, and you're coming up with some creative solutions. Real quickly though, you say 17%, something like that. So folks at home, I'm sure have no sort of, sort of standard to put that up against. What was it like say 10 years ago? Yeah, so prior to the pandemic, we, we actually uh, had had the opposite challenge where vacancy rate was so low, uh, four, five, six percent, where if a new tenant uh, from outside the region or a tenant wanted to expand, there was no room. Um, and then for a long time, we sat in a really nice sweet spot around 13 percent where there was uh there was a lot of activity, but also some movement to attract uh, new employers or for employers to expand. Let's say they're on one floor and they want to expand to another above or below in that same building. We had that piece. And now we're creeping up onto the side of um, a little bit too much vacancy. So uh, for downtown's begging to ask that question, what else can that space be used for? So, so let's get to, to, to that because uh, Charlotte Center City Partners is holding what they're calling a reimagining vintage office design competition. Um, you've laid out sort of the problem that, that this is hoping to address, um, and, but this is sort of a creative way to approach this. Explain to us why you, you kind of have to have a competition or something like this, because a, as much as people think, oh, we'll just put condos in there or, or just do something, it's not that simple. 
Correct. So we, for the last six, seven months, we've been examining other downtowns across the country, New York, Chicago, Seattle, Nashville, Austin, Boston. And we've seen a variety of solutions. Um, some cities bring in a consultant, they do a big environmental scan of all the buildings and they find uh, which one should be, should be converted or could be converted. Uh, we've seen some other ones with tax abatements and incentives. So Charlotte's different. So again, our vacancy rate is higher than we normally have, but it's it's lower compared to many other downtowns across the country. So we still have economic development momentum, but we know that we have some buildings that uh, are gonna have a hard look going forward about tenants wanting to go in. So we, we cobbled together different solutions from different downtowns and came up with the design competition to elicit ideas from building owners, design and architectural firms, construction firms, and then for an added bonus, what sort of business partner can you bring into the way that you're rethinking that building? Think of a nonprofit. Um, so a lot of people think of affordable housing. Can some of the office space be converted to residential? That That is generally a very expensive endeavor. So we're looking for these creative teams to come together to somehow um, mitigate those costs. There's also, we also have a vibrant arts and culture uh, environment here in Charlotte, 12 museums and uh, venues to go to in Uptown, we could probably use more. So how can those teams work together with uh, a museum for a new exhibit space or maybe some office space in order to attract strong talent into that sector? How about changing one of those office buildings into a new hotel or new hospitality piece, or maybe three of the floors go towards residential, six of the floors go towards office, and the other place becomes a public gathering place, a co-working space, or a place to exhibit ideas or have collective conversations. So as you can see, the idea of like what the office can be reimagined into um, really calls for uh, eliciting a large group of ideas. And we thought the design competition was the, was the best way to do that. Is it your intention that some of these will actually come to actual fruition? Um, that this is not just a fun, creative way to talk about some things and get inspired, but that some of these plans might actually be seen a few years down the road? Absolutely. So one of the criteria that each of the submittals will be evaluated on is their ability to one, ad advance and it's actually a viable solution. So. We're looking for four big pieces on the submittal, and I think this really demonstrates like that this needs to be a real idea. Uh, one, we're looking for floor plates. What, what does the building look like now? And then what's that repositioned or repurposed use? So it could. So we're looking for ideas that it could stay office, but hey, how's that office going to be in the modern environment that tenants and employers are looking for? Second, renderings. Looking for this imagery about what does the streetscape look like now that the building has this uh, new use to it and how it's interacting with maybe possibly other buildings. Last piece or two last pieces. We're looking for that economic model. So, all right, what, what is the cost for converting this office into this or upfitting that office into that? And then the last piece, what are the policy recommendations? So think of zoning, um, codes, tax abatements, incentives, what sort of financial package and zoning mitigation or, or rules need to be modified in order to make the project actually possible? And so th those four big pieces will enable us uh, to move forward in, 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 as we go forward in this environment.
Uh, final question, South End is booming. So many other neighborhoods in Charlotte are booming at, the, at this point. Why is it so important and imperative that, that we get uptown right? Yeah, so uptown, uptown is similar to the airport. So the airport is, a, is an amazing economic development driver, right? One of the busiest airports in the world, 140 direct flights. Uptown in our central business district is a regional asset. The amount of people that work inside of Uptown, uh, north of 100,000 jobs, um, if you include South End and Uptown, you're thinking about 30,000 people that live there. So it is, it is an economic de de development driver to attract talent, to attract investment. And then through all the things that are built within Uptown, right, those that brings in tax value and that tax value uh, goes back into the public sector to provide all the services that you can think of, not only in Uptown and South End, not only in Center City, but across the entire city, across the entire county. All right, James Labar, the Senior Vice President of Economic Development at Charlotte Center City Partners. James, thanks for coming on Flashpoint, we appreciate it. Thank you, have right. a good day. All right, more Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. A new report from North Carolina tourism officials found Alexander County's is one of the fastest shrinking economies in the state. Spending in the county fell by nearly 7% between 2021 and 2022, and the county is still struggling after a major employer unexpectedly shut down operations. Joining us now is the Alexander County manager, Shane Fox. Uh, Mr. Manager, thanks for coming on Flashpoint. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Good morning, Ben. Thanks for having us. Sure thing. So. Um, even though the economy is thriving across most parts of North Carolina, we know in Alexander County, um, you're losing people. Um, and you, while other neighboring counties are doing great, um, what do you think needs to be done to not only keep, but also um, attract more folks to your county? Sure, yeah, we've um, we've been fortunate in the past. Um, all of the Catawba Valley has been very fortunate in the past few years and retaining jobs and recruiting jobs. Um, so we we have been fairly successful um, up until the recent closure of Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams. Uh, we had um, one of the lowest unemployment rates in the state. Um, this closure of over 500 employees losing their jobs instantaneously last Saturday definitely puts a uh, a huge damper into that um, that progress that we were making. So uh, we've had great results from our neighboring um, counties and neighboring institutions and manufacturing clients that are residing within the Catawba Valley that have reached out um, since the closure of Mitchellville and Bob Williams. And so we're hoping that these over 500 employees are able to get back to work just as quickly as possible um, and, and continue the progress that we've been making in the area and retaining jobs. The miserable Bob Williams. Um, did, did you was that coming? Did that come as a shock to you? Because I know here in Charlotte we were all sort of surprised, but um, for folks there in your neck of the woods, it might not have been a surprise. No, it was a surprise. You know, you, you hear rumors. Um, of course, you never know if the rumors are going to be substantiated. We we did not know until it started hitting social media um, on Saturday, the twenty sixth of August, and, and unfortunately, we were able to substantiate those rumors to be true. And um, the closure was sudden. Um, the county and the surrounding folks uh, did not have any prior warning to uh, the closure, um, including the employees themselves. So it was a it was a, a blow to the economy and a blow to to our folks here. Um, we're a small county. We have about thirty seven thousand folks, and so when you're talking five hundred plus employees losing their employment, you're affecting um, you know four or five thousand people when you're you're talking families and extended families. 
Um, the primary you know, breadwinners of these families more than likely were employed there, health insurance carriers, et cetera, uh, of course. And so these, these individuals losing their jobs as quickly as what they were without any prior warning uh, was devastating. Uh, to to the families and to the county, and and that's something that uh, we've been working extremely hard over the last couple of weeks and trying to figure out ways that we can assist these families and leaning on our partners and, and resources to be able to do that. So how how is the county now working uh, to bring more companies to Alexander County? Given that I, I know a lot of folks who actually live there actually make a living outside of the county, how can you sort of change that tide a little bit? Yeah, so we have about 18,000 or so within our workforce, um, and about half of that 18 leaves the county each day to go into Catawba County, Iredell, and surrounding counties. Um, we do import back in um, about 6,000, which is a decent number. We are still losing, um, you know, several thousand folks a day net loss leaving the county. So our um, EDC folks uh, within the county have worked over the last decade or so in creating our Alexander Industrial Park, which is a 250-acre industrial park. Uh, we do have a graded site now that we're hoping to continue to promote um, on the state level and, and, and um, um, global level and, and see what happens with that. But we've had some success in the past. We've not had maybe as, as, as much success as what we've hoped to, and we'll continue to, to push and, and, and move forward with hopefully attracting some, some new clients and a new industry within the area. Uh, manufacturing has kind of been the bread and butter from an industry uh, within the Catawba Valley, and, and we've been able to be successful in, in landing a few different clients over the past decade or so that um, kind of branch out in some different areas, which is fantastic for us to be able to, to accomplish. Um, I, I know tourism is a, is a big thing for, for North Carolina counties, but, but I know that's something else that, that your county ha has struggled with um, over the last few years, um, ranking last, I think, in terms of tourism here in the state. Um, how do you combat that as well? Because to me, that's a completely separate sort of situation than just uh, the jobs and the companies. It is. So we um, we are an agriculture county, so we, we depend on agriculture um, quite a bit. And so we're looking at different ways of hoping to promote that. That's something that um, is a um, dying industry, so to speak, across the area with the growth of North Carolina. So we're hoping to, to be able to, to capture some of the agriculture tourism that's out there and, and bring folks in. So we're working on a, a few different initiatives now and, and different ways to be able to promote our county and some of the uniqueness that we have being a rural county, uh, being um, a mountainous county we do have some some opportunities there we have a number of, of attractions that we're hoping to be able to promote uh, better than we have perhaps in the past uh final question when it comes to to, to your job and, and your responsibility and and economic development there in alexander county uh, what's the, what's the one thing that keeps you up at night you know there's certain things that are out of our control obviously we're competing um with a very successful state you know, north carolina has been uh, tremendously successful in economic development which is a fantastic thing to have, uh, but we're competing. We, we do not have a four lane road. We do offer rail access, which is something that's that's um, that's important to, to, to have, especially in certain industries. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we try not to worry about the things that we can't control. We try to worry about the things we can control. Um, Alexander County has got a tremendous workforce. That's something that we hope to continue to promote, you know, with the closure of Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams. Those employees are, are out looking for jobs now. A good chunk of those employees hopefully have already landed positions. We do have a job fair coming up next Tuesday from 12 to 4. We have over 40 employers uh, from the area that are coming to hopefully recruit some of those uh, employees that have lost jobs. But we have a longstanding history of, of having that blue-collar work ethic that folks want to work. They want to be able to be su uh, successful and provide for their families. And so, you know, it doesn't keep me up at night. We, we hope that we can do better in promoting ourselves. That's something that we probably 
um, need to do and government needs to do a little bit better in promoting what we have and, and the resources and the assets that we do have internally. But we try not to focus on things that we can't can't control. We just try to focus on things that we have and, and you know promoting ourselves as much as we can is something that we need to do, do a better job at. And what you have is a, a beautiful place uh, up there uh, in Alexander County, Taylorsville. Um, not enough folks have been there. They need to go check it out and pay it a visit because it's a, it's a beautiful place. All right, Shane Fox, County Manager for Alexander County. Mr. Manager, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Of course. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. A foundation is focused on leveling the playing field for different parts of Charlotte's black community by increasing access. Let me do that again because my prompter was getting messed up. Oh, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Welcome back to Flashpoint. A foundation is focused on leveling the playing field for Charlotte's black citizens by increasing access to real estate ownership. WCNC Charlotte's Kia Murray shows us how they're seeking solutions in the historic West End. It's like joining a game of Monopoly. And imagine that you're not allowed to play. After 20 rounds in. All the property has been purchased, bought up, and that has been the challenge with um, uh, I would say the African-American community in America in terms of accessing wealth. That's how Charles Thomas describes the gentrification that's hitting some of Charlotte's most vulnerable communities. He leads a team under what's called the Knight Foundation, focusing on development in the historic West End. As the city witnesses record-breaking growth in the last decade, Charlotte natives and longtime residents have watched its skyline grow. Out of the expansion has reemerged issues of race, equity, and access in what used to be a long time ago, a rural city. And so the black community has been kept out of wealth over generations, multiple generations. And so when it comes to wealth and capital, that capital is not available to us. And um, we are um, newer to the game. Uh, and in order to access that, we need a whole new set of, we need some shifts in, in how the game is played in order to do that. A shift in the game arguably starts with the money and how it's been handed out. Data from a 2020 report by the U.S. Federal Reserve says black business owners apply for bank financing at a slightly higher rate than white, Asian American, and Latino or Hispanic business owners. But more than half of black applicants are being turned down, a rate which far exceeds that of any other demographic group. Now digging deeper, that's about 53% of black business owners who apply for financing being denied, compared to 25 35 and 39% of white, Asian American, and Latino or Hispanic business owners, respectively. When I think of systemic, there's not a lot of commercial real estate conversations happening in the minority department anywhere. It's mostly happening to them. It's part of the reason Nicholas Riggins sits on the Johnson C. Smith advisory board to its College of Business. The group is tasked with connecting the historically black college campus to Charlotte's business community, in part due to numbers like these. About four years ago, we dug into the mortgage market and found some disparities. So some of our largest lenders were denying black applicants two to three times more often than their white counterparts in 2018 and 2019. So accountability, paired with diversifying the industry of developers, is just one step towards equity. North Carolina has been, always been bold, and Charlotte has always been bolder <laughs> than the state in itself, right? 
So Riggins is bringing a bold approach. If that pipeline doesn't exist locally, then we kind of stay in this perpetual place of being on the lower end of, the, of that bell curve. The answer he's come up with is a type of consortium. The term just means an association of multiple businesses or partners. This could be a group of banks with one goal, making lending more accessible to communities and individuals who have struggled to access the resources necessary to shape the city. And if we can put all of those resources together in one place and specifically focus it on development, then we may be able to increase that, that participation and that effort. And that effort would have to start now. And being able to see it change. In Charlotte. Would have to start today. Kia Murray. In order for it to make an impact 10 years from now. WCNC. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. Folks, come interact with us on social media. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you want us to talk about here on Flashpoint. And as always, remember to listen and subscribe to our podcast. You can find it wherever you get yours. And we'll see you back here next weekend. Thank you.